Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breitler. I'm just going to start by saying go blue. Go blue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a Wednesday night show, possibly... Probably the last show of the week for the first time yeah. in a while. Yeah, backing it down just a little bit on the bye week. We've earned that. We've earned that. I think so. I mean, we've been going pretty hard. I mean, dude, the two weeks with Rosie alone earned us quite a bit of just universal karma. I feel like. Yeah, man. And uh, I mean, you and your wife have been doing some really big things over the last. I don't know what 40. Well, longer than that, but the last 48 hours sound like they've been really humming and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, and we'll have some cool stuff to put up out there and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do our fan led Wednesday as we, uh, all march towards an, well, I want to, I actually wanted to start right there. As I was going to say, as we all march toward an empty weekend of college football, Chris, you, you've talked about it before. You're not the biggest NFL guy but you do really like college football and obviously the passion lies within Michigan football. So without Michigan on TV this weekend, is this like load up on everything else that you and I typically don't get to watch? Or is it like, you know, unplug from football a little bit, do some family stuff on the weekend, maybe some yard work. Pool. I don't know what your pool situation is. like. I mean, you got to be winterized. Yeah, okay. no, it's, it is going to be that uh, it's going to be that deal. It's um, you, you know, we grind on this. I feel like 24 hours a day. It's hard to really pull yourself away from it, especially, you know, you got the publishing site, you got NIL, you got sponsorships. We're traveling to different events. It's, it's just a lot. And, you know, my kids have a busy schedule too. They're in school most days of the week. Um, you know, my eight-year-old's in school five days a week. My four-year-old, she goes four days a week. And so I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to sort of unplugging and just spending some time with the kids, man. That's, that's, that's so much valuable time and they grow up so fast. And, um, you know, my son just recently had his eighth birthday. And so we're going to be packing up all the kids, uh, this weekend, taking them to Dave and Buster's. I'm going to be doing work on the, uh, on the basketball locker. You saw me down in Buffalo, what Buffalo wild wings. I don't, I forget where we were. We're in grand ledge with the army national guard. With yeah, Jared out there, right? Yeah, and you yeah, saw yeah. how I operate when I get behind. Like I, I, I don't just shoot hoops. I like I fade away. I get into it a little bit. Like I, I like to put on a show. So I plan on teaching these kids a thing or two. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, <laughs> it, it took you two tries to beat my score. It's fine. I mean, you know, you did well, beat it. You well, the first time it. I was showboat, and the second time it was business. And when I came at when I came at it with business, it was just domination. I just want to put it out there that we both waxed Johnson's ass. We did. We did. Yeah, we both did. So. Jared Johnson from the Army National Guard. And love him. Great dude. If you have not met him, you're, you know, you're missing out. The guy is just extremely personable, a joy to be around. Just absolutely destroyed him on the hoops machine at the Buffalo Wild Wings. And he's the he's the former college hooper. He and, is. He is. He, he didn't want the smoke. He didn't want the he smoke. He couldn't, he, he couldn't handle the smoke. It's not that he no. didn't even want it. He just couldn't handle it. <laughs> it was a, it was an impressive outing for the boys at the Winged Helmet and Wolverine Digest. I'm just going to put it that way. <laughs> there's, there's no question about it. Um, all um, right, dude. I'm going to – I was kind of figure, trying to figure out how we would lead into this. I think I'm just going to just give you the floor and talk about what, sure. what went on today. 
you know, you and I have talked a lot about the NIL approach at Michigan, what we've done. I mean, dude, it's not a secret at this point. At first, when, when we first, first started, we were kind of like, ah, do we want to say it out loud? Like, is it kind of weird? And we've, yeah. we've both come to the conclusion that it's not weird, dude. We had over 20 players on the podcast last year over the course of eight to 10 months, and we paid them for their time. It's exactly yeah. what NIL is for. They're getting paid for their time to do signings, appearances, different pop-ups at businesses, you know, commercials in some case, what, whatever the case may be, that's what NIL is supposed to be. You and I both have a little bit of a problem with asking the fans to pick up the tab, which we're yeah. seeing a lot uh, at Michigan. I, I'll, we can get into that a little bit later on or another day or whatever might, might be the case, but you and Chantel were able to hook something up over the last couple of days. It started a little longer than that, but it kind of came to fruition recently. Un unfortunately, I'm out of town. I missed out on a, what looked like a badass event was that awesome. you guys did today. Let them know, man, because I you called me excited, dude, and it was just a cool thing, and it looks like it yeah. went off without a hitch. Well, first of all, shout out to my wife, Chantel, and a lot of you, if you came out to the tailgate, you got to meet her and speak with her, but you know, she's, she's kind of seen from afar what we've been doing and, you know, knows that we have a full plate and that in terms of sponsorships, it's, it's a big part of what we're trying to do. And, you know, there, we've talked about this before, Brandon, there's only a certain amount of hours in the day, only so much time you can get things done. And so she's really taken this sponsorship thing and an NIL thing and ran with it. And, and the deal that we did today, um, out at Sonny's in Novi at the 12 Oaks mall was, was her work. I mean, she had reached out to him. She facilitated this. She got the whole thing set up. Um, and then once she did that work, I reached out to the players. We were able to get Mozzie Smith, AJ Henning and Andrew Anthony all to come out to, uh, to Novi today. And basically what we did is, uh, you know, the, the gentleman who, who runs Sonny's Ali, who I cannot say enough about how incredible he is. He is just a phenomenal human being. It's not just about the merchandise that, that he offers, but it's who he is as a person. It's his story. I mean, Ali is one of those guys where like, you just feel better after you get to know him. You feel good that there's another person out there like that. So he graciously opened up his store there in Novi and allowed the guys to come in and basically said, Hey, you know, pick a pair of shoes that you want. And, and it was more than that. It, you know, they picked a pair of shoes. They got some, uh, they were able to get some apparel as well. And, and again, he couldn't have been more accommodating. And so, man, it was just a cool experience to sit in there, shop with the guys, talk shop a little bit, um, did a small little interview with them where I asked them about Michigan state. I asked them about some other things. Um, and that interview is going to be coming up by the way. Um, then I did an interview with Ali as well, the owner from Sonny's. And uh, again, just another incredible interview. So all of those photos and those interviews, that's going to come out in an interview, or I'm sorry, in an article here shortly. But it was just an incredible experience, man. Could not have been uh, more grateful for the opportunity. And I look forward to doing more of this. And going back to your point, Brandon, what we want is we want NIL to be a super simple process. And I think we're of the mindset that you know, I, I get that fans want to donate and, and, you know, help the cause, but I, I, I just, from a personal standpoint, don't feel good about asking fans to foot the bill for NIL when there are capable donors and capable businesses out there who can facilitate those things. I think, I think fans pay enough to be able to get in the stadium and for the merchandise and, and, and on and on and on. And so our goal in this is to sort of start to open these things up to fans where it's free events. And I think we have the ability to do that. And that's kind of the vision of where this thing is headed. Let's make sure we're clear. Not Sonny's barbecue. <laughs> no, Not Sonny's no, no. barbecue. No, this is Sonny's Sonny's and Novi. So Sonny's, um, they, they sell apparel, they sell like 
all the grail shoes. So like the Jordans, the Yeezys, the off whites, all of that stuff, man. And like I said, the, the, the boys got to come in and I, I had been working with Ali a little bit. I asked Mozzie what his shoe size was 14, 15, which is not easy to get those sizes in some of those shoes. And when we walked in today, man, they had it was like, they were out on racks. Like you'll see the pictures, but I mean, Mozzie had about 30 pair of shoes to choose from that were all laid out in his size. And so they literally laid out a red carpet for these guys to walk in shoes available and said, Hey, take a pick. So again, an incredible experience for those guys. And for us in terms of what we're trying to do from a business standpoint and growth and NIL and sponsorship stuff, it was just further confirmation that I think we're doing things the right way and it resonates with the players. And, and I know that there's more coming in the future. Yeah, I'm trying to upload a photo real quick if my uh, my picture is bogging down just a little bit. And here's what I want to say, and and I saw somebody said it in the comments, and I don't, you know, I don't want to necessarily disparage the groups that are basically giving fans the opportunity to pay and donate, and, and you know that that's if fans want to do that, that's great. But to me, there's a lot of that already in the market where you know you're paying a monthly fee for you know, this type of service where you can go online and talk to a player. There's another monthly service where, you know, you're paying a monthly fee or you're paying a fee to go in and do an autograph session. There's, you know, some of these fees really add up. I mean, you're, you're talking about a significant amount of money per ticket to go meet a player and be able to have that interaction. And so for me, I, I think that there are businesses and donors who are capable of footing that bill uh, and letting fans just, you know, come in and experience it without having to empty uh, empty their wallets and empty their pockets. So that's that's the standpoint that we're coming at it from. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, anybody can, you know, you want to support the team and give your money to, like, that's great. But we've seen some examples of it working a little more efficiently, a little better at other schools. And, and Michigan, frankly, is not really getting that. And that's, again, it's not us saying that. That's Juwan Howard saying that. That's guys like Hunter Dickinson saying that. That's other players who we've talked to saying that it's not really popping off like that at Michigan when it absolutely could and should be. And also, like, you know, when you give money to the team and you're like, oh, you know, Blake, Blake Horn is my favorite player. I'd love to be able to do this. You know, get you. there's not really anything like that. Right now, a lot of the platforms are designed to give everybody equal equal share of whatever yeah. comes in. And they, ha it's just, I don't know, there's – there's different ways that we think we can do it, and and that's what we're we're trying to do. So just real quick, as we were talking about that, the fi the picture uploaded. So there's there's a location of Sunny's at Novi, um, so you can get an idea. You see the the shoes up there on the display, a lot of the different clothing items and stuff like that. And then, dude, how about this? How about that look right there? How about that pick? How about I mean, Andrew Anthony, Mozzie Smith, one Chris Bryler, and AJ Henning left to right there at Sunny's. Just and, doing and that, it big. Yeah, and that was big. after the boys got to pick out, you know, they got to pick out the shoes. They got little care packages on their way out. It was just, you know, it was, it was less than an hour. It was in and out. It was, there was music, there was a vibe and it was just, it, you know, it was easy for these guys. And I, I think that again, that's the type of stuff we want to do, man. So hand pick a few of these guys, make it easy on them. Yeah. little man. I don't know. I felt like I was holding my own in there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you stand next to Mozzie, it's hard to look like a big dude. Um, but man, it was just, they, they could not have been more, uh, more gracious, more humble. And every time you're around these guys, it's, it's, you know, it's further confirmation that this is, this is an incredible group of guys that they have on this football team, man. It's a pleasure to spend time with them. Yeah. So that's an awesome event. Again, I, I knew I was going to be out of town this week and it's the bye week So that was probably the only time these guys were going to be yeah. able to work and yeah. it is what it is. I would have liked to be present, but I knew Chris and Chantel would hold it down and it looks like it went off. 
swimmingly. And I hope the guys had a good time and we'll see what continues to progress with maybe Sonny's or other places. And we've already got some different things in place. So yeah, the really, really cool thing that Chris was able to tell me about. I mean, I'm learning about it a lot like you guys are that are yeah. watching and in right now. So yep. really cool thing that went off there. And, you know, so as we uh, as we kind of move forward now, we're just a couple minutes, you know, 10, 12 minutes in. It's fan led Wednesdays. If you've got questions, you can start them off now. And uh, we will. <laughs> Randall says you, he can see the tears in my eyes. Look, I, I will say this. This is something we've touched on before. It's never like not cool to hang out with those guys. Yeah. But I do remember a time when like even driving by the stadium because I didn't live in southeastern Michigan. I wasn't in the Ann Arbor area that much. I used to drive by the stadium and just be like, oh, my God, there's, you know, like there's the big house. Look, at so and now you, you get a little jaded. You do get a little jaded when you're around it so much. So, you know, if I've got tears in my eyes, it might be my allergies or something. I don't know. But I am jealous that Chris got to be there and do all that stuff today. But no, there's been a lot of opportunities that we've gotten to do, um, you know, that I've gotten to do over the years, over the last couple since Chris has been, you know, kind of diving headfirst into all this stuff. And yeah. we don't take it for granted. I can say that there are so many times where Chris and I just will be, you know, in a road trip driving somewhere and just be like, dude, this is work. This is what we're doing for work right now. It's pretty unbelievable. So very fortunate. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see what continues to happen moving forward and shout out to Ali and three, and the three guys, man, Andrell, AJ and Mozzie for, you know, giving some time. I mean, yeah, they got a little kickback out of the deal, but they still had to get there. They still had to do, you know, take some time out of their day and make it happen. Absolutely. So there you go, man. So really cool. Glad that you were able to do that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if anybody, um, see if anybody has any questions that we, uh, want to get going now with this. Um, scrolling through looks like chris had an audio issue there he is he's back i mean dude okay this is something that's come up so many times i don't know if we're ever gonna like get a full-fledged answer of exactly what the play calling duties are like on game day i just i i don't think that we ever will i i will never believe that jim harbaugh doesn't have his hands all over the script the personnel the formations it might not be call by call on game day. But I think just about everything leading up to that point, he's just as involved as any of the coordinators because when Josh Gaddis was the OC, there was a fullback on the field a lot. That's not what Josh Gaddis is doing down in Miami. That's not what he did where he came from. And even now we've talked about it. First time OC Sharon Moore. Yeah, you might be able to make an excuse for him. And then Matt Weiss, the tight end usage, two, three tight ends on the field all the time. Dude, both of those things scream Jim Harbaugh to me. Yeah. The the way that I and again, this is all speculation because we're not in there and we don't see exactly what they're doing it, but the way that I would picture it and and think the way it works is Jim Harbaugh is basically putting a bunch of things into a box that he likes. And once he's got that in there, he takes that box and he throws it at the guys and says, "Okay, use whatever you want out of that box." So I do think it's Jim Harbaugh's framework and then those two guys are allowed to operate within that framework on Saturdays. I, I I think that's how it works because if you look at the way this offense has operated since he's arrived at the University of Michigan, it looks still somewhat similar. Now, obviously, defensively, things have changed with the departure of Don Brown. Appreciate you, Chris Fields, as always. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. I just, I just want to finish my thought here, but I do think I, I do think Jim Harbaugh you know, sets the framework and that Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss sort of operate within that framework. And so I don't know how much 
leeway they have in terms of like, well, you know, we're going to call X, Y, and Z. I think they've got a script that they can work from. And I think a lot of that is driven by what Jim Harbaugh wants to see out of his offense. And again, the one thing I will say is it is getting harder and harder week by week to question the philosophy when it continues to work as well as it is, especially when you see the result of that from last Saturday against what was supposed to be one of the top defenses in the country, quite frankly. Uh, and they got slapped around all afternoon and it wasn't like they had to be, you know, there wasn't any trickery. There wasn't any like sleight of hand. It was like, we're going to line up our guys against your guys and we're going to punish you. And that was what Michigan did. And I, I can't remember who said it, but I remember hearing them say, like, that's not something you can fake on Saturday. Like, you can either do that or you can't do that. And Michigan did that really well. And uh, I think if if they can have some sort of semblance of that moving forward, they're going to be tough to beat. And it, it really does come down to Michigan-Columbus November 26th. Yeah, there's there's it's certainly, I mean, barring some – you know, near catastrophic occurrence like that's And it would be. yeah, it would be catastrophic. I yeah. mean, if Michigan were to lose again, look at who they have on their schedule, Michigan State, Illinois, uh Nebraska, who else? Am I missing what Rutgers and then uh and then Ohio State. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois, Michigan State. Michigan has no business losing to those teams. They are just operating on a different level and they've got bigger goals and so yeah, if they if there was a loss to come on one of those four teams, it would be devastating absolutely devastating hefty double digit favorites coming over the next four weeks uh, I, yes. I think that's pretty safe to say and then you know we'll see what it looks like against uh, ohio state um okay. so back to chris fields for the dona donation thank you so much hey. he's very excited he's he was really excited about finding out that chris's mom hired me at mcdonald's and now he's that excited <laughs> about the michigan state game all right talk about the reasons that michigan would or will win against Michigan State. I, I think they're well. There's another. There's a big boy. I'm guessing. Priyank, Priyank, right? It got to be the I mean, 19. Old faithful, old faithful. I wish we knew who you were because you're always coming through every single uh, every single episode. And again, I know we say it all the time. It sounds played out, but can't tell you how much we appreciate it, man. It means a lot. It really does add up. Yeah, there's no question. I don't. You know, all the time, man. We just keep seeing it. So we'll get to that one in a second. I, I mean, dude, I. I think the list is long for Very. reasons why Michigan will beat Michigan State. I think well, you start with you start with the the offensive line and the run game and just how they are clicking right now. Michigan State wants to throw nine in the box. I fully cap you know fully confident in JJ McCarthy's ability to complete the ball down the field and make the right throws. You know he's missed on some long balls, but he's still completing up you know north of seventy five percent of his passes and just a couple picks on the year. So like. He's doing a phenomenal job taking care of the ball. A lot of the drives end in points. Jake Moody is, is you know, across the 50, you pretty much have points on the board. The defense has been multiple. It's been able to get after the quarterback. Sometimes it's a sack. Sometimes it's just enough pressure. I mean, you look back at every team that's played against Michigan, their numbers on offense are way down from their average. And on the flip side, you know, Michigan's running for, dude, 418 rushing yards against Penn State, who hadn't even given up 400 yards rushing on the season. Yeah. Those are just a few. I mean, do you, I mean, Chris, you know, I, I stole like five there, but I mean, what else? You well, got? I've got six reasons sitting right in front of me and I'll just walk through them really easy. And I, I, I said this on one of the previous shows, but because Chris asked the question, I'll, I'll go through it again. Here's the first reason total defense university of Michigan currently ranked number four in total defense, Michigan state ranked number 103 in the nation in total defense in past defense, Michigan's ranked number ninth. Michigan state number 107 in the country in pass defense in rush defense. Michigan's ranked number six 
MSU is ranked number 80. And so just right there on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think Michigan State is going to be able to prevent Michigan from doing anything they want to do offensively. Uh, and then you talk about the Michigan offense, total offense, Michigan ranked number 22 in the country, MSU ranked number 103 in the country. Every single metric you can go down, Michigan State right now is at the bottom of the barrel. They're just struggling to produce on both sides of the ball. So I see. I think in every single facet of this game, offense, defense, Michigan just has the horses and Michigan State doesn't. So this isn't one of those things where it's like, well, you know, Spartans have Kenneth Walker or they've got X, Y, and Z or they've got this X factor. Michigan is better across the board. This needs to be not just a win, but a dominant, convincing win. We've said it multiple times. This is a statement of game. And I talked to the players a little bit about that before and whether or not Michigan State being three and four has any sort of impact on the way they view this game. Please believe me when I tell you it doesn't. That loss last year stung, and they are coming out next Saturday to make a point against the Michigan State Spartans. I promise you that. Yeah, it certainly feels like that. Um, Screonk, again, this is a slippery slope type. Not really, but Chris and I just don't – we don't dabble much in the injuries. As far as Cade is concerned, I was under the impression that he might be done for the year. Might yep. Maybe not injury-wise, but just in terms of what he's doing moving forward. Now, don't quote me on that. Don't run to the presses, but – that's kind of what's been discussed. If he was warming up against Penn State, that's news to me. I didn't know that. Chris was down on the field, but not for as long as normal, so I don't know if you have any information there either. Plus your boy was a little tipsy down there. Yeah, we were doing a little something-something there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as far as the other injuries, I mean, we've talked about Eric All. Obviously, Roman Wilson was back. The offensive linemen have been back. Nikai Hill-Green has yet to play this year. Sounds like he's still dealing with something that's a little long-term, so – and I don't think anything like new. I mean, nothing like unexpected, no. you know, as they get ready to go into the bye week and get a little more healthy. So, and, and can I say, I don't know if you caught it, but now I know why Screonk is able to, to fund us so well. Every he's a Michigan alum living out in Vegas. So you're just out there hitting the slots, hitting the tables, winning it big. And we're just getting a little chunk of those earnings. And so I, I couldn't be more appreciative of it. If we are ever out in Vegas, I would hope that we're able to connect and maybe hit the tables together. I like that idea got a lot. To. We a got lot. To. AJ Cooper threw us one as well. Harbaugh has got to let JJ take a shot or two against Sparty's terrible pass defense, right? Uh, he needs to get in a groove, especially with Illinois being good. I mean, that's not uh, you know that's not really any different from what they normally do. I think I'd like to see him do it a little more. But JJ's taken a couple shots down the field pretty much every game. There wasn't a lot in the Penn state game, actually, now that I think about it, but again, they're getting like eight, 10 yards of carry and both Hassan uh, Haskins, both Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards were doing whatever they wanted. And, and um, we're two guys who want to see that. And I think we were both fine not seeing it on Saturday because the, the ground game was working so well. And so, yeah, I, I do think, uh, you know, look, if Michigan goes out and there's a repeat performance and Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm are, are going off on the ground again and it doesn't look like Michigan State can stop them, I, wh why stop doing it? You know, I, I mean, you want to look after the health of those guys, but I think you got the bye week. They're going to come in fully healthy. And if Michigan State cannot stop, stop that running attack, I do think it'll give J.J. a couple opportunities to throw it deep, but it won't be out of necessity. It'll just kind of be like one yeah, of those things where it's nice to do it. And I would expect that based on what happened last Saturday against Penn State, that it's you're going to see a, a similar effort and a similar type of focus out of that offense in terms of what they do on the ground. Lee Brannon with another shout-out. Thank you, Lee, for the hey, Lee. donation. Appreciate you. 
I think this is spot on, and he he doesn't he doesn't ever get that much credit. He's bounced around from position to position, but Jay Harbaugh has done a phenomenal job with special teams. And you talked about losing the long snapper, you lose uh, Colsar, and, and like that unit just produces for Michigan every week, whether it be solid punting and sure a lot of a lot of it's the dudes doing it. I mean, Brad Robbins has got a monster leg, and he's hanging the ball up there for 10 or 15 seconds, it seems. My goodness, a 50-bagger up there, dude. Good. My goodness. Thank you so much. We will get to that momentarily. Yeah, a lot of it's Brad Robbins. A lot of it's Jake Moody being really good. But the scheme, the way that he mixes things up, the the, the frequency with which they used to get a hand on a punt, um, just all of those things seem to be as tight as anybody in college football. I mean, I'm not sitting down watching special teams for every team across the country, but they talk about it in a way that we know they prioritize it. You can tell that the guys are into it. They take a lot of pride in it and they want to be good at it. So I, I appreciate the shout out for Jay Harbaugh when it comes to what he does with that special teams group. There's no question about it. And I, and I haven't looked at the numbers, I think over the last couple of weeks, but you know, th- there was a metric or a stat that came out, and it might have been in that post-game email that we get from from the um, you know from the University of Michigan. But there aren't like they don't give up big plays on special teams. Like they make plays, they don't make mistakes on special teams. They pin other people deep, and that is a big part of being able to have a successful defense. Is that you don't give up big plays on special teams, and they are consistently doing that. And so, yeah. Credit to Jay Harbaugh. He's been on the staff for a long time, probably the, the most tenured coach. I think it's probably Jay Harbaugh and then Sharon Moore. Mm-hmm. He's been around for a while. I know he's kind of had, you know, he worked with the tight ends, I believe, for a little while. Now he's doing special teams. What he's doing with the special teams group is impressive. And, Lee, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because he certainly doesn't get, you know, it's hard with special teams, man. It's not like it's one of those premier things where people talk about it a lot. But it certainly makes a bit you listen, you'll talk about special teams a lot when you start screwing up on it. And the fact that we don't talk about it very often is a testament to how well they do. You know what's I mean, maybe funny isn't the word, but we talked to Jay Harbaugh a couple weeks ago for the um, just for, you know, media availability. I like totally forgot he was coaching safeties this year. Totally forgot. Like I it like totally left my brain. Somebody else in the media scrum asked him about Makari Page and and uh, and. uh, Rod Moore and I was like, oh my god, dude! I thought I forgot that Jay got moved there once Bellamy went from safeties to you know there was some that's right, players. that's right, that's right, and that's what I said. I mean, he's been all over the place, man. He's been a running backs coach, a tight ends coach, back here, you know, and he's he's really really latched on to that special teams uh, assignment and done a phenomenal job with it. And dude, I, I mean, I don't know. I always wonder about that. Like when a group of safeties is playing really well, how much is the dudes? How much is it the scheme? And how much is it Jay Harbaugh? Because I think you could say. That safety group with a young Rod Moore, you know, not young, but an inexperienced Bakari Page. He hasn't played a lot of football. And then RJ Moten, kind of the veteran back there. It's a solid freaking group, man. So across the board, I, I would say that Jay Harbaugh is doing exactly what he's supposed to do at a very high level. So no I wanted to throw that in there as well. Dude, like somebody asked him a safeties question. I was like, forgot that's what Jay did. Didn't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. What, what do you do here, Jay? Oh, yeah, that's right. You could just say you do here. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Shane. I mean, the floor is yours at this point. Dude. Hey, you come like that. But uh, he says, epic weekend in Ann Arbor. The big house with the maze out was electric, combined with it being seven-year-old's first trip. That's awesome. Incredible. Surpassed the 97 Rose Bowl. Wow. I mean, wow. I, I wasn't at that. I'll have to take your word for it. Big and then a dude. personal shout-out to Chris for being – 
his own personal photographer while in the stands, I think, right? Like he, yeah, he's been talking yeah. to you about this for a couple of weeks so, now. So Shane and I, we've been exchanging messages and he, you know, he was hitting me up, um, you know, before the game and we talked about it and, um, just a cool experience, man. I walked over there and, uh, I saw him and his family and his daughter there with the sign and they were so excited and it was just, it's cool to be able to do that. You know, you get down on the field and you're so locked in and you're taking pictures of the players and you get caught up and, it's kind of cool to just turn around and see a family like experiencing that moment. And you can tell it was, it was an incredible moment for that group. And Shane, I'm happy to be able to, uh, you know, to do my part and capture those moments as best as I possibly could. And I hope you enjoy those photos. And I certainly appreciate the, uh, the kind words and the support. No question. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really cool. I always loved that when I was down on the field, but you know, some of my buddies would be there. My parents came a couple of times. Yeah. That's just a rare shot to be down on the field and get somebody up in the stand. I know you got yeah. one of our boys that were in town too. They were yeah. way up there. Way like the 86th row, but I found them <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> and those pictures always come out real cool. So that's awesome. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed it, Shane. Yeah, appreciate that like it. a pretty cool time. Uh yeah. shameless plug, Pistons opening night is tonight. Uh go over to allpistons.com. Check it out. Help out your boy. There you go. That's all there I'm gonna go. say. I'm not gonna do a long <laughs> thing there, but yes. Pistons are playing tonight against Orlando first game of the year. They're probably 30 minutes in or so. Uh, so the NBA is, is upon us, dude. That means, you know, it's getting cold outside. Basketball's tipping off. It is definitely right here, getting colder. Cold, rainy, miserable. I look, I'm yawning right now. I'd like, my body is just, uh, it's ready for hibernation. Like I'm looking to find the nearest cave so I can crawl in and just kind of burrow down for the winter. That's how I roll. Yeah. That's how it starts to feel. I mean, I know Chris is like, you know, hoodie, not sweating his can off out there anymore. Feels, like that's always a good thing. Feels good, man. Feels real it's good. It's here. It's here. Five games left in the regular season is all, dude. We're How the hell is it going by I so know, fast? Man. I that's know. the scary thing about getting old, man. Time like goes at warp speed, and it, like it just seems like every year it goes faster and faster. And I know I'm preaching to a lot of the court, but for all <laughs> you young bucks out there, enjoy the time, damn it, because it will start to speed up considerably. I think it's a little scary. Yeah, uh, this is an interesting question, okay? Mike Fort from the YouTube page. What are the chances Harbaugh runs the score up on Tucker like he did against Carroll when uh, when when Harbaugh was at Stanford and Pete Carroll was at USC? I got to be honest with you, dude. That That's not really the Jim Harbaugh way. I, I, I mean, I don't know what – and I, I will say this. I, I don't think there's any bad blood between Jim Harbaugh and Mel Tucker. Like, they've been cordial every, from all I know. I don't remember the circumstances that were surrounding the, the Pete Carroll USC team and the Jim Harbaugh Stanford team. I know, you know, USC was favored by like a billion earlier on. And I think USC really put it on them. And then when Stanford had a chance to return the favor, they did. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what you might think about that. Chris is Jim, is Jim Harbaugh the, uh, I don't know if I'd call it revenge, but is he the kind of guy that's going to do this? We don't see it very often. Listen, listen, I don't think Jim Harbaugh has a personal beef with Mel Tucker, but I can tell you that there are multiple players on this team that got wow. beef with some of the Spartans. And uh, look, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to let his team go out and do what they want to do. And if they're able to do what they want to do the way we think they're going to be able to do it, I honestly will not be surprised if Michigan hangs 60 on the Spartans. It's going to be in prime time. It's going to be apparently a blue out, which I'm going to take a little bit of credit for. I was pushing for a blue out like two years ago when people were like, ah, it could never happen. It would never, it'll look too dark. It'll look empty. And then lo and behold, it looks like people are trying to do it. So I'm going to take just a little bit of credit for the blue out, but no, I think that it's going to be a prime time event. It's a night game. And I think, you know, I, I, I talked about it. I think I might've put it out in a post. 
728 days when those two teams meet since Paul Bunyan has been in Ann Arbor. And there's been a lot of talk in between now and then. And I think these guys are still sore about the way things went down last year, spoiled their perfect season, um, obviously going into the playoff. And I think that they're going to, I think they're going to be allowed to do what they want to do out there. I think coach Harbaugh is going to give them that opportunity. I would not be surprised if we see a 50 piece, maybe even a 60 piece on the board. Personally, Personally, I would love to see it. I would love to see Michigan just pound them into the ground and then spend the rest of the evening <laughs> continuing to just beat the shit out of them. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. You That's can't leave talking. any room for talking. You know, like even if right. even if it's a relatively close game, there's going to be chirping and chatter. The only way it's going to be quiet from East Lansing is if you beat the shit out of them, and that's what needs to happen. All right, everybody get real close. This is This is private backdoor conversation this is behind closed doors uh-huh. we're gonna oh dude that was, was you missed it. damn it you're right i forgot i had that for a second <laughs> this is this is a discussion that chris and i would typically have one-on-one but we're gonna have a, a short version of it right now and i don't know if it, plans could change but dude are we taking rosie to piscataway here's here's my thought on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at first i was reluctant Right. Because we'd had some issues. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of just want to like not have to deal with that. But here's what I'm going to say. I, because she missed out on (laughs) Iowa and because she missed out on Indiana, Mm -hmm. we are running out of opportunities to get Rosie on the road. And I feel like we got, I, dude, I feel like we got to do it. I feel like she needs to be out there. You roll up in Piscataway, New Jersey, you maybe take her through New York a little bit. I think she's earned it, man. I think she's ready to roll. You and I will obviously talk about it offline, but I am heavily, heavily leaning towards getting Rosie out in Piscataway and putting that feather in her cap because, damn it, she's earned it, man. She has paid her dues this year, and she deserves it. <laughs> the big city, dude? Rosie hits the Big Apple? That would be incredible. It would be yeah. incredible. And you know what? There is a, uh, you know, no matter what happens in the future with her, what we do, if we upgrade in the future, whatever the case is, she is always going to hold a special place in my heart, man. We we have gone through trials and tribulations with that RV. And quite honestly, um, and this is all jokes aside, and Brandon and I have been talking a little bit about this, that RV has opened up opportunities for us that otherwise would not be there. And so, it's a big, big part of what we do, man. And I feel like she deserves to take that cross country trip out to Piscataway. There's no question. It's a journey. I mean, like it's a journey. It really, it really just comes down to trusting that she's ready to go. I mean, like we're just, well, we're do just you trust Josh? Do you trust I, Josh? I do. I do, I man. I we're just gun shy right now. If, if like, if I had, if I could see into the future and know that there were no mechanical issues, it's a no yeah. brainer. It's yep. an absolute no brainer, but obviously that's well, that's we've got, we've got time to do our due diligence. I know yep. that we had it looked over and people said, Hey, you could drive this thing to, to California right now. Well, they didn't know that the, uh, the crankshaft sensor was about to go out. So yeah. we got to make sure that we give this a thorough once over by a qualified mechanic who says, yes, this thing is good to go. And if we can get that, hell yeah, she'll be out in Piscataway and she will certainly be down in Columbus. I don't know where she's going to be posted up, but we're going to make Columbus home for the, uh, the command center. There's no doubt about that. We're going to take yeah. some Army National Guard guys down with us to Columbus. We're going to have That's dudes in fatigues. I mean, we're rolling up with the military in Columbus. We're coming like we're coming official. Yeah, got to. There's no doubt about it. Um, I put a story up about this today. I believe it was por- performing pretty well on the Facebook page. A lot of comments, some shares. Yep. 
Here's the deal, man. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think James Franklin is a dunce. He does things that I just don't understand. Even his own fan base could make a, I said this in the article, his own fan base would, could make a long list of things that they're like, what the hell are you doing, James? What, I mean, what is that? I would chalk up several things that he said after Saturday's game and add them to that list. My thoughts softer than baby shit. That's what I think <laughs> for a couple reasons. One, he tried to play like, I, I don't know. He tried to play this card. Like he had no involvement and he's like, Oh, my poor team. My poor couldn't be further from the truth. And honestly, nothing even really happened. It was just like some jaw jacking dude. I mean, nobody like nothing really happened. Okay, some stuff got thrown by Penn State. Maybe some Michigan guys threw stuff too, and it wasn't on video. I don't know. I don't care. But nobody got hurt. There was no fight. There wasn't even any penalties. It just didn't seem like that big of a deal. That one tunnel has been there for 100 years or 90-some years. It's fine, dude. For, Har for, for Franklin to come out and say, like, oh, they need to put a pile. Dude, don't worry about a policy at another team stadium. What are you doing, dude? Go try not to get your ass beat by 30 and give up a half a, a half a G on the ground. How about that? Let's worry about that. And then you can start worrying about policymaking at other people's houses. I just thought it was so far off base and just like perfectly on brand for the dunce cap. That is James Franklin. Well, and I, and I, and I will say, and I'm not going to name him, but I want to thank one of the Facebook fans who sent me, that incredible photo of uh, James Franklin losing his mind in the tunnel. Uh, and and what I don't understand about the whole deal is, you know, he's talking about how there needs to be a process. And he was in the video. He was like, just stop talking to us. Stop talking to us. And it's like your team went in first. Your team had the opportunity to go into the locker room. And I don't care if the Wolverines were behind them jawing. Like, get control over your team. Get your team into the locker room. Like, your guys turned around and basically stopped the process. And that was where the log jam was created. And so, yeah, the fact that James Franklin would even come out and suggest that different things need to be done at Michigan stadium, when he can't even control the conduct of his own players, to me, it's embarrassing. And it's just further confirmation that I don't know what his deal is, but I, I think, I think he knew that an ass whooping was coming. I think he knew that he didn't have an answer for Michigan. And I think he was frustrated. I think his players were frustrated. And the fact that he wants to put it on the logistics of the Michigan tunnel and make some sort of big deal out of it. To me, that's just clown behavior, man. If you're a coach and you got your stuff together, you get your damn team in the locker room and you don't worry about what's going on behind you. And the only reason that even blew up in the first place is because he didn't have control of his team and his players were worried about what was being said behind them. And that's how that happens. And so to me, it's a James Franklin issue. It's not a Michigan tunnel issue. There's no question. Yeah, I, I just, dude, watching his little breakdown of what happened and what he wants to happen at another team stadium, I'm like, what is shit? shit? What is he doing, dude? Give me a break, man. And like I said, saying it all from a, a quote on, saying it all from a position of like, well, I was just so worried. And I'm worried, dude, you were <laughs> in it yelling F-bombs at people in your voice. We're throwing uncrustables like Frisbees, yeah. dude. Get out of here, dude. I and just thought it was. Hey, listen, this is big boy football. People are going to talk. People are going to jaw. Like, that's what happens. If if you get rattled that easily, that just shows me that maybe you're not in the right sport to begin with. And so, again, I think that speaks more to coaching and the control that he has over his guys versus anything that was going on from the Michigan side. I sure as hell didn't see any PB&Js coming from the Michigan locker room. I thought it was... 
you know, probably they might have heard some things they didn't like hearing going up the tunnel. Who cares? Turn, walk, yeah. go where you got to go. If you want to yeah. turn around and stop everybody from coming and turn it into an issue, it's going to become an issue. And that's James Franklin's problem. That's not Michigan's problem. And even with all of that lumped in, I, I it just it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like there's been Correct. worse. I think like the one right. from a handful of years ago with Michigan, was Ohio. Throwing, yeah, yeah, yeah. James, there was no um, uh, dude, Jake Ryan. It's called James Ryan because I got Frank. You know, Jake Ryan's bouncing up and just. I mean, dude, they all looked yeah. like they were ready yeah. to kill each other. This one wasn't even really that bad. It didn't look like, I don't know. I just think it was all, you know, all about. It looked like a, a group of guys who knew they were about to get their ass beat and were frustrated. And, they did. <laughs> and now he's talking about it afterwards and he feels even worse about the pounding that he took. Yeah. That's what it all feels like to me. All right. Gonna, I'm going to throw your, I'm going to throw your mom some love, dude. She said she had to pull over to ask her question and I'm going to let you answer it. it because we've talked about this before and I think we're in lockstep and we both kind of shudder a little bit when we hear this. I, I do probably more than you get a about to get a phone call here. See if that screws anything up. I don't think it did. So go ahead. Have they opened up? Have they released the entire playbook yet? No, I think they're still holding some stuff back, obviously. And, and you don't really need to open up the playbook that much again, when your bread and butter is working and you can turn it off and just let your offensive line do what it does and let Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards do what they do. And so I think they still have plenty, uh, plenty of tricks in the bag that they haven't shown. I don't know whether or not they're saving them for a particular game or a particular scenario, but yeah, there, there's certainly more in the playbook and they'll go to it if they need it. But, but the benefit is they haven't had to do it yet. I mean, they're, you know, they're seven and zero. they're dominating everybody that they play. And you can talk about the schedule all you want, but we're seven weeks in the season and Michigan's track record so far this year is just, you know, even if the first half doesn't look solid, they are dominating the second half of football and they are putting teams away. And so I, I just, yeah, there's more in the tank. It's just a real, it's really a question of whether or not they need to use it or will ever need to use it. And I think the only time you start to see maybe some of that trickeration come out is down in Columbus when you have another capable offense on the other side, who's Ohio state is going to put points on the board. I don't, I don't see any scenario where the Michigan defense completely shuts them down. And we're talking, you know, a 14, 17 game. I don't see that being a scenario. I think Michigan's going to have to score points and they're going to have to do it quickly. And in order to do that, you're going to have to open up the playbook a little bit. So phenomenal question to my mom who pulled over shout out to not, not doing any distracted driving. I appreciate that. We obviously want you to be safe on the drive home. Appreciate you looking after the kids today, too, while we were down doing our NIL event. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say a whole lot. We've talked about this quite a bit before. I mean, the, you know, offenses morph a little bit over the entire over the season everywhere. I mean, you you do something a bunch of times. It sets some stuff up later on film. But I mean, you know, with college guys and the amount that they're able to practice and, you know, this, that and the other, it's not like they can install a brand new offense as the season's going on. They've got other things to worry about, game plans to implement. I mean, they're really only practicing like all out you know, three days a week. You know, you get to yeah. Thursday, that's kind of your shell and walk through. Friday's more of your pregame. I mean, like there's just not enough time to really implement things like an entire new offense as we move forward. But you'll always see some some new plays that you haven't seen before or new iterations on plays and formations that you've seen in the past. I mean, that's, that's kind of the nature of football, really at, at like all levels. I mean, even like, lower high school levels kind of do that over the course of the year, you evolve a little bit and get better at yeah. stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'll, you know, I'm sure you'll see something and you'll be like, Oh, I haven't seen that before. Like that's going to happen. But in terms of like a whole section, uh, I don't really think it, it really. Have we seen a flea flicker yet this year? 
You know, I don't know if we have, and we saw it a couple times last couple year. Times, yeah. By this point, I would think different variations of other guys throwing the ball, not playing quarterback. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, we talked about that earlier. I think Illinois is a really tough game. I think Chris said Michigan State, even though they're not very good. I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but yeah, Mark, we uh, whoops, I'm sorry, that's the wrong question. Ben, Ben Noveski. Uh, I mean, it's obviously Ohio State. I would then say Illinois. I think Chris said Michigan State, but it's it's splitting hairs a little bit as to which team is going to test Michigan the most. Michigan's real stout against the run, man, and Illinois likes to run the ball. So you shut yep. that down. I think they could have some problems. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I think this is a good question, man. And this is, you know, given how things played out last year and what Michigan's aspirations are for this season, can this run-heavy team match up with a team like Georgia? couple things. I do think this team, this run heavy team is a little more dynamic when you've got a guy like Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum as your one, two, nothing, taking nothing away from Hassan Haskins, but it's different. It's a little different with those two guys who both have like 70 yard home run speed. Anytime they get through the line. Secondly, that's not the same Georgia team as last year with, you know, 20 first round picks or whatever the hell it was. I mean, it's different. You can look across the college, you know, college football landscape. There's nobody absolutely pounding everybody kind of looked like Georgia might be that team at the beginning, but they fallen back to earth a little bit. Obviously Bama just lost. I mean, dude, most people think I, uh, Ohio state is the most complete, most talented, most likely team to, to march all the way to the playoffs. So I think Michigan state matches up with just about anybody right now. Their defense is stout up the middle. They've got Michigan guys. state matches up with Michigan, just state, I bet Michigan matches up with just about anybody like Ohio state, like Georgia, like Bama, I think Michigan's got a shot against all of those teams. And I don't know if I would have said that last year, even though they were winning and they made it to the Big Ten Championship and they made it to the playoff. Um, I think Michigan's Michigan's playing as well as anybody in the country. Yeah, I, I, just to piggyback off what you said, uh, this is not the Georgia team of last year. The defense looks quite a bit different. And against Penn State, Michigan held the ball, time of possession. It was 40-plus minutes in that game. And I think if if they can continue to do those things and dictate time of possession and keep other offenses on the sideline, I it's not just you know being able to beat Ohio State or win a Big Ten championship. I think it's it's they are now a legitimate national championship contender if you can do that type of thing, if you can come close to that type of performance that they had last Saturday. And so... Yeah, do they match up with Georgia Georgia run heavy? Yeah, absolutely. I think they can because I think the offensive line is one of the best in the country, and I think this tandem of Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards, I don't know that there's a tandem I would take over those two in the country at this point. And so I, I, I think absolutely it will not look like, you know, if Michigan were to face off against Georgia again in the playoff, it's not going to look like it looked like in 21. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And that O-line – uh, has officially gelled. I know earlier on in the season, we both, you know, Michigan was winning by a lot. They were killing these bad teams. There was a lot of weird rotations in there. Some guys, you know, Trevor Keegan was out a little bit. Barnhart was out a little bit. Ryan Hayes was out a little bit, but that unit now, dude, is, is cooking with gas, dude. And they look like they could take on anybody in front of them. And we just saw it for 400 plus yards against Penn state. So I think that's a big question. Chris, this is a great question. Only for you. I can't get involved in this one if I want to. Oh, my goodness. Being in the stands, the crowd noise seems pretty loud. How is it down on the field? Well, I can, I can tell you uh, for the Penn State game, it was. Now, look, there is, as a side note, I know that 
at least from what I can see on social media, I think the fans are very, uh, I think conflicted is a friendly word. I think they would prefer there not to be a DJ in the stadium. I'm getting the sense that fans are not, not big on having, uh, having a DJ rolling out tunes in the stadium. But outside of that, just the energy that the crowd had, it was incredible down on the field. And I talked to the guys a little bit about that today and just what that's like when, you know, when you get, there's, there are times when you have 110,000 plus in that stadium and it is not electric and it is quiet and it's cool to look up to see that many people there, but it's almost eerie that it can be that quiet. Um, during the Penn State game, it was the loudest, most electric by far that I've heard all year. And I think if Michigan, if that crowd can continue to bring that week in and week out, that makes you know the big house an already tough place to win a football game, damn near impossible when the crowd is as into it as they were. And I, you know, I got some videos of it, was extremely impressed the way just a ton of energy, man. It, it was electric and it that's what you want to see from the big house. I know the big house kind of develops this reputation. Like it's the biggest, quietest stadium in the country, but I'll tell you what, when folks are properly motivated and there's a big game in front of them, they bring it. And you saw it last year against Washington during that night game where the pom poms were out and the crowd was just absolutely crazy. Washington had zero chance. <laughs> and if they're able to pull off this blue out in prime time against the Spartans, I just think it's going to be electric. And I think Michigan state, you know, if, if they don't do something early to get on the board and Michigan comes out, punching them and, and gets a couple good hits in, I think it's going to be lights out by the end of the first quarter. And then from there, it's just, it's just for the rest of the afternoon evening. You must've <laughs> yeah. missed that. That was, that was how I slapped. I kind of figured it out. Um, Let's, you know, to, to piggyback on what Chris just said, the way that they attack Michigan State, if it's a big, you know, a couple big blitzes and some hits on the quarterback or, you know, a big team, a big special teams play or some big pass plays over the top. And this is where we can get to Thomas Fighting's question. Do we think that Michigan airs it out a bit on that hapless Michigan State secondary? Dude, I hope so, because we other teams have like. Dude, Michael Penix looked like the best quarterback on the planet against them when Washington played them earlier this year. And other teams have done the same thing. Last year, I thought Michigan tried to run it into a loaded box too much. I know Cade did actually have a pretty good day through the air, but I felt like Michigan could have made it a little easier on themselves. And, you know, we don't need to get back to last year's game, but that's their that's their biggest weakness is the secondary and how they defend the pass. And you've got a guy like JJ who could stretch it. You've got talented wide receivers. I would like to see them utilize that. Now, we know Michigan is going to run the ball. They'll probably be able to do that at will, too. But I still don't love the idea of just running into a brick wall because they've got 10 bodies in there. If they're willing to give up a ton of stuff on the perimeter, over the middle, up the seams, wherever you can get it against the secondary that, frankly, I don't think can hold Michigan's receivers jocks. I really don't. I think they can do whatever they want to do on that Saturday, and we'll see what it looks like. But I would love to see it. I mean, we've talked about it all year, dude. It's no different week to week. We want to see that. We want to see the Ferraris go, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly would love to see it, but I also think if it starts, you know, it's going to start with the the run game. It's going to start with Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards. And if if they're having the type of success next Saturday that they had against Penn State, I just, I, you know, unless you're doing it for shits and giggles at that point when you're already up by 30, 40 points and now you want to try to air it out a little bit, 
It's not going to be necessary. And so I think the only time you're really going to see Michigan try to air it out, even though they can, I know MSU secondary is trash, even though they can, it's just, there's no need to do it. If the running backs are performing as well as they are. And I've come to a point now where I spent several weeks saying, open it up, air it out, get those guys the ball. And now I'm at a point where it's like, you know what? It's just working so damn well that if it keeps working, just do it. Because at the end of the day, if Michigan beats Ohio state, and they win a Big Ten championship, and they're back in the college football playoff, I'm going to be pretty damn happy about that, regardless of how many passes J.J. McCarthy threw to get there. I would love to see him get his numbers. I would love to see him light it up for 400 yards, especially let's not forget that uh, over the summer, you know, leading into fall, like these guys were out doing private practices and had dink fans show up, like wanting to take pictures with them, Ooh. only to like expose the tuck coming shirts you know, underneath, like trying to get under these guys' skins. I don't know if you saw that stuff out there, but I I think that there is high motivation here to put some points on the board, and I think if Jim Harbaugh allows him to do it, yeah, I think you're going to see him air it out, but I also think Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards are going to do what they do, and it's going to be another another uh, solid evening on the ground for that tandem. I wonder if he got there yet. Got Tuck, where? You know, Tuck is coming. I want, is he there yet? Did he? Is he... I don't think Tuck will ever come. Nah, Not in East Lansing. I don't think so either. Um, kind of. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I got you. What, what's that? What's the. Uh... He's not coming. He's not coming. It's like, have you ever heard? Have you ever had one of those friends that's like, yeah, man, I'll be out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. And it's like after a couple times, they, they stop showing up. You're like, that guy's not coming out. That guy's not. Tuck is not coming. It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. You invite your boy out for a night on the town, and you're just you're and he's all amped up. He's, he's texting you like a couple weeks before. It's gonna rage. We on a new level. Look at my new outfit. We, we, we going out like, and then he just doesn't show up. That dude never comes out. All right, never. Same kind of topic. We just, and I, when I read this question at first, I'm like, this is a horrible question. Of course, it's gonna be one. It's gonna be an obvious answer. But then I just thought about what just happened against Penn State, and I'm like, well, maybe not. So Adam Molnar, kudos to you for making me think it was a dumb question, but then checking myself and realizing that it's probably not as dumb as I thought at all. J.J. more yards passing than Corum has rushing or vice versa against Michigan State. Isn't that crazy that that's actually like a realistic question in today's world of college football? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my gut would say, of course, JJ is going to have more. But it yards wasn't. It wasn't him, against but... Penn State. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had two no, running backs I... have more rushing yards than he did through the air. I mean, at this point, the the only reason I would give JJ the edge is because Corum is going to be splitting those reps. If you had told me Corum and Edwards on the ground versus JJ passing, give me Corum Edwards all day long. But if it's just JJ through the air versus Corum on the ground, I think we'll see JJ get more through the air. Now, again, a lot of this is. If it looks anything like it looked outside today where it's rain, a little bit of sleet, we got some snow yesterday, weather dependent. If this turns into a ground game, I don't think you're going to see a lot through the air. But if if weather permits, yeah, I would say J.J. will. Maybe not by much, but I think he'll have more passing yards than Corm will have on the ground. I, do, I mean, it's got to happen. I mean, right. I know it was like 173 and 166 to 145, right, this past week. Yeah, but like. Yeah. That's uh, it. Just seems it. Just seems very, very unlikely. Did we? Did yeah. I? I don't. I don't think I saw this even come through. But that's Who the is wrong. it? 
AJ Cooper. AJ Cooper, another uh, longtime listener. I don't think it would be. I don't think you would classify it as running up the score. But we've seen that all Michigan really wants to do is run the ball. So if they continue to just run the ball all day, it's probably going to work pretty well. I mean, like that's what happened. You know, several years ago, the seventy-eight to nothing against Rutgers. I mean, dude, all they were doing is running it up the middle, and it just kept yeah. working towards the end. So and it might I end think, up like that. I don't know. I think that's what it is. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be an intention to run up the score, but I think they're going to keep running their offense, even if Michigan State proves they can't stop it well into the fourth quarter. And so if you call that running up the offense or running up the score, then, then, then yeah, I think they will. I, I think Michigan is going to put up over 50 against the Spartans next week. <sighs> Man, oh man, wouldn't that be fun to watch? Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my to watch? god, it would be I would take so much pleasure. I listen, I have done so much shit talking on social media, engaging with those Spartan slaps. I, I saw somebody said it uh in the comments on the Facebook page that if Michigan State loses that game, they're they're going away from social media for like a week. I might have to shut it down for a week. I don't know that I could handle the blowback if Michigan doesn't win that game. So yeah, not only do they have to score a lot, but they gotta run it up. They gotta beat the shit out of them. All right, I'm putting this up because this is now like the second or third show in a row where this has come up, and I, I guess I thought it was just easier and I, to find, and I apologize for that um, in advance. Where did it, where did it go? Oh boy, there it was, John Patrick, and this is you know regular on the Facebook page, so I want to yep. give him give him some love there too. Uh, I'll throw the banner up on YouTube. It's just Wolverine Digest. You should be able to type that right in the search bar, and there it is. Go over there, subscribe. That helps us helps us out. Is John Patrick the uh, the aviator, the flight guy? I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Not that I would ever want to take people away from the Facebook page because that obviously is is a, a machine for us. But Chris, you and I, we've heard that the YouTube platform is pretty user friendly, maybe even a little more than fi- just in terms of like the live video showing up and how you interact. So well, it's not. It's not. Just, it's not just that, but it's you know if if people want to donate, donate to the cause, which yeah. certainly we're not sending you over there to right, do that, right. but it, it does give you, and we do get that question too: is you know how how are people able to donate? So, yeah, that's that's through the uh, the YouTube page. So Wolverine there it is. If you type that into the search, yeah, type it into the search bar. You'll find us. It'll come up. Yeah, I mean, all the videos at the top have our you know our little podcast uh, logo or sorry thumbnail podcast thumbnail and then title of the story underneath title of the podcast so yeah those are those are all over there so yeah check that out if you want to like i said i mean it's we're trying to put this stuff in a lot of different places people can also follow along on my twitter which is a much smaller crowd because you can't comment over there but for people who might just be sitting on their phone and have twitter pulled up it's there as well but yeah oh if you go over to youtube make sure you subscribe that helps us out the algorithm the subscriber numbers all that good stuff so appreciate the interest uh, appreciate the interest for that. Uh, let's see. Next question. Syracuse. I'm going to a little shout out to Syracuse right there. I mean, we don't have a reason to come to Syracuse. I mean, I, I'm sure it's lovely, but, uh, uh well, I mean, you know, the, the New York area, maybe that was what, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I don't have, unless we want to go check in on Dan Villari. Ooh. See what uh, version of Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. <laughs> see how that's all turned out. Yeah. Fear the tunnel shirts, Chris. Wink, I like wink. that with maybe it's just not a bad. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We can put that. I, I think I did do that when we talked about it before, but Jake Moody's tackle phenomenal. 
just absolutely phenomenal. I think we talked about that. Great technique, day. great technique, lower the shoulder, took him out, didn't give a guy the, the opportunity to even, I mean, I don't even think, I think Jake Moody just kind of looked like a maze and blue blur flying towards him. I don't know if he saw exactly what it was. He came in fast and furious, took out his legs, took him out. It was it, incredible play from your kicker. We got another one right here. We'll throw that up very quickly. It didn't, uh, it didn't come with a question. So James H. Appreciate it. Little, Love it. Boss. Yeah. If you got a, got question. a question, find it. You know, you got a question. We'll try to find it. Throw it up there. We'll go back to it um, as we get uh, close. Just so everybody's aware, it's now eight oh four. I'm looking at comments and questions from seven forty seven. So we're we're seventeen minutes behind. I'm coming up. I'm trying to catch up. A lot of comments, not as many questions. Seems to be slowing down just a bit. We are approaching the one hour mark. So again, you guys have come through and carried Chris and I all the way through the episode with zero prep, which we appreciate. Yeah. Um, and mean, yeah we'll, it's we'll, pretty incredible that we can literally just kind of sit down, do this show, not prep at all, and, and go for an hour solid, no problem. Yeah, I love it, dude. I mean, that's what happens when we get rolling. I mean, dude, we used to do it often on the phone, and we sh we were just like, this is the show. Just, this. We should do just, this. This is the show. Just get on and start talking about all the things that uh, that we're, we're talking about anyway. This is, a, I think you touched on this like just a while ago with the crowd noise question or something. Cause I saw it too. Is, is the DJ not the vibe? It's, listen, like it's, it's not the old people. It's the young people. They just, what, what he was playing wasn't resonating. And, and, and there were like specific songs or specific moments, like people that are way younger than me were like, nah, we just got to get rid of the DJ. We get, look, we, you know, Mark mix DJ ski sucks. I mean, that, listen, I, I don't know him. And when I, to be honest, when I'm down there on the field, I'm not really paying attention to what the DJ is playing, but I have seen it time and time again on social media that there is a growing movement to get that DJ out of the state. Here you go. Another, uh, Mike DJ was awful. And, and it seemed like, you know, people were saying that the songs were just playing at weird times or whatever he was playing wasn't resonating with the crowd, or there were just kind of these awkward moments. And I didn't capture any of that, but I can tell you again, there is a growing movement that uh, that would prefer to not have him in the stadium. And I, you know, I remember when we heard it pre preseason, it was like, oh, Michigan's going to have a live DJ in there. And I'm like, well, that's going to be off the hook. It's going to be, you know, live. It's going to change the environment. And it sounds like it's kind of done. You know, somebody's saying he's just kind of cringe. So okay. I, don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I know there's been like some specific complaints, like the, the TV timeouts make it weird for him to get a vibe going. And so, yeah. I, I mean, I, dude, in the box, I you can't even tell he's down there unless they show him on the screen. So I have I have nothing to offer to this discussion, but it I was surprised to see all the the fallout of people wanting him not there. I was like, oh, all right. I mean, you know, like I said, get I'm, him out. Up where I'm at, I I can't I can't tell. Let me get on the turntables over hey. there for a minute. I can spin something. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll pat us both on the back when we get on when we get on the Bluetooth and we hook the phones up to the big speaker out on the RV. We will, we will not disappoint you. That's a I feel good about me. I feel good about Chris. We've had plenty of road trips together. We, no. we can we can bring it. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I mean, do you doubt us at this point? What can't we do, Chris? I don't. I don't. I doubt nothing. I can't stop drinking diesel. That's one thing. <laughs> I do doubt your ability to quit drinking pop. That's highly in doubt. Yeah, you know, I think I your body would just go into shock. I think you would have I, to be. I think you'd have to go to the hospital and get like 
Pepsi and the IV for a little bit in limited quantities, just to give your body like time to like adjust to the smaller amounts. You know, if, if you were trans, if you were transporting me on the back of a vehicle, like on a truck, like tied down, there'd be people out there like spraying me with, with Mountain Dew and Pepsi. Like they do with <laughs> whales when they move them between like different locations of sea. We got to keep them breathing folks. Got to keep them moisturized. Get it in the gills. Oh, that's it, man. That's it. All right. We got a couple more here as we're past an hour. Now I like this question. However, I just don't Kyle Miller over on the Facebook page. Do we see any concerns with the secondary? They haven't really been tested yet. I disagree with that a little bit and seems to struggle with one-on-one balls. I don't really agree with that either. I mean, I don't expect them to pick off everything thrown their way. They're not giving up a lot of yards and they're not giving up a lot of receptions. Could there be an issue with a guy like Jaden Reed? I don't think so. I think you could go down Penn State's roster. I think you could look at Maryland's roster. I think you could even look at a guy or two for Iowa and say, they've got some dudes out there that can run and that can catch. And I think the quarterbacks are better. I think Sean Clifford is better than Peyton Thorne. And I think... Talia Tagovailoa is better than Peyton Thorne. So I, if I was making a list of things I would worry about, Jaden Reed wouldn't be on it for me. I mean, he'd be in there somewhere. I know he's got some speed. He makes some play. I just, their offense doesn't scare me like at all. And our secondary doesn't scare me at all. I think Jamon, Jamon Green is having, and, and a lot of people don't talk about him. And, and I'm not sure what his status is. Uh, for Michigan State, I think he's going to be healthy and be back in. I know he got a little bit banged up against Penn State. But Jamon Green has had a phenomenal season. DJ Turner, uh, you you know, guys like Will Johnson who can come in at the drop of a hat and pick up and there's no drop-off there. You got Mike Sainer still out there. He can get to the quarterback, make a sack, but he can also drop in coverage and and be a lockdown guy. I love the Michigan secondary, man. I, I think they're very strong. I think it's one of the strongest uh, position groups on the defense, and I'm not worried at all about Michigan's uh, Michigan State's passing game. I know that they're ranked. You know, that's one of the areas I believe they're actually ranked higher uh, than Michigan um, in terms of passing offense. But we know why that is. It's because Michigan has an incredible ground game, and they haven't had to really use it. Uh, let me just look here: total offense, passing offense. So, in passing offense, Michigan is ranked number 76. MSU ranked number 66. Mm-hmm. So, but but the problem is, uh, rushing offense. <laughs> Michigan's ranked number nine. Where's MSU at in in rushing offense? Where do you think they're at? Uh, he's currently playing for the Seattle Seahawks. That's where it's at. Well, and that's why they're at 116th in the country. I mean, dude, you you get into the 100s in those rankings. I mean, you're 116th. You're like the bottom of the barrel. You are the worst of the worst. And so, yeah, man, I just. I, I, to answer the question, no, I have zero concerns about the secondary. I have zero concerns about the Michigan State passing game, and I think Michigan is just better across the board. I don't know that I would have said that last year, and it's been a few years since I, you know, I could really feel confident saying that. Even though I know that in 2020, Michigan was a what 21 and a point, 21 and a half point favorite at home. There's just always been something about Michigan State that scares me. But the more I watch this team on tape. And the more I look at the numbers and, and sort of what they're doing from a production standpoint, I don't see any reason why this game should be even close. I get rivalry games are different and, you know, Michigan State's going to be up for it and they're going to be hyped. But at the end of the day, like talent will ruin the day or rule the day. And, and Michigan is just far more talented. And so I can't envision a scenario where they don't come out of that game with a convincing W. 
All right, let's go back to James H. He paid earlier, paid again to throw another question up there. James How H. That? How about that? Love Is it. this defensive line better than last year's? It's a loaded question, right? It's a loaded question because I think at edge, the answer is definitely not. No. But up the middle, a better Mozzie Smith, a very impressive freshman Mason Graham, Mason Graham. Mike Morris playing more as a leader, um, Chris Jenkins playing more as a leader and as a contributor. You're getting some, some good snaps from a guy like Rayshon Benny. And I know they're not defensive linemen, but Jesse Minter is putting even a dude like Mike Sainer still down, like off of the edge rusher's shoulder. And he's becoming essentially like an additional edge guy. So, I mean, they're, I I think they still are ahead of the sack production from last year. Yes. Now, granted, it's way more spread out. It was basically two guys last year in Hutchinson and Ojabo. I think you could make an argument that this year's is better. Feels better against the run. Maybe not quite as dynamic against the pass in terms of, like I said, those two guys. But, dude, when you've got R.J. Moten getting sacks and Mike Sainer still getting sacks and Mike Barrett, and I mean, it's just sharing the wealth, man. It feels more effective, more efficient. How about this? I'll say it's a push. I don't know that it's better, but I yeah, wouldn't say it's worse either. And, and the fact that that's even the case, that that it is a push, that it is real close, again – all off season, it was like, how in the hell are you going to replace that production? You know, you get a guy like Chris Hinton who leaves, who you felt like could have came back for another year, and you have Hinton and Mozzie in the middle, and you lose out on that. You lose Mike McDonald, in comes Jesse Minter. You're not sure what that's going to look like. The fact that they're here seven weeks into the season undefeated, and we can sit here and say confidently that I think they are just as good, again, a testament to those guys. They, they embraced the challenge. They embraced the leadership role. Mike Morris, Mozzie Smith, those guys, they were ready to sort of take what, what Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo built from a leadership standpoint and from a production standpoint. And they've taken on that burden and it looks like they are just as good. And so I don't know that they're better, but they are certainly they're right up there. And I think just the fact that we can say that is incredible. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. AJ, you know, I mean, it's a bye week. AJ Cooper from the YouTube page. I mean, we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll have it next year, but I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Yeah, that's a, hey, all of that's coming next week. That's, yeah, we got it. It's hate week. It's state week. I plan on going in on the Spartans. I mean, we got, we got five shows. We got four shows before the game even takes place. That's right. Yeah, I, I plan on taking, uh, several liberties to make fun of the uh, the Michigan State Spartans and bust their butt. So that's why I'm saying it's even more important that Michigan gets a win because I'm going to be doing a lot of shit talking over the coming weeks. A lot. Yeah, there's no question. I think this is this is a, a decent question. for. I mean, we've had so many. Dude, I mean, again, thank you so much for everybody who has donated and even just tuning yeah. in, watching our stuff and going to our website. All of that helps. Um, but Fletch Lives Daily, another. I mean, he's one of the OGs on the Facebook yep. page over there. Uh, do we use the donations for the RV or that's supposed to be NIL? I'm sure NIL gigs. Um, it's really a little bit of everything. Don't you feel like that's the best way to explain it, Chris? I mean, it's some RV stuff. It's, it's some, uh, it's some for the travel plan. It's some for these NIL things. I will say this, whatever we need it for. It it all goes back into the business and what we're trying to build. And and that's why that's, it's, it's not like we're cashing out and then like going to the mall or going to Taco Bell and you know, but it's not, that's not what's happening. Like, all well, of those donations. Well, there's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of Taco Bell. 
But the point being like the, the goal is to take all of that money and pour it back into the business so that we can grow. And that's why, whether I see you, you know, out at a tailgate, you know, near the RV or we talk about it here, I can't stress enough how crucial it is. Even, you know, what if, even if it's not financial support, whether it's sharing, you know, the podcast or sharing the posts or the articles that come out or donating to the cause, all of that stuff is helping us grow. Like the thing I did today, that NIL event with those three guys in that store does not happen if we don't have the type of platform that we have. And it's a testament to you guys. You're a strong group. Every time we come on a fan led Wednesday, we're well up over an hour right now. We got, you know, several hundred questions that come in. It's just, you guys always come through before we get off. I'm going to talk about the apparel because I think that's another testament to, to, to just how strong this community is. But, uh, yeah. So long story short, it all goes back into the business to help us do what we do a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, there's just various things. I mean, the RV certainly, you know, it's a, that's a new endeavor for us that has sucked yeah. up a lot of what we've been doing and parking it now that we're trying to move that up to another level. And yeah, there's, there's certainly been some things, but Chris is right. I mean, it's, we, we cannot express how, how grateful we are and how helpful those things are and just what it, what it means to what we're trying to do. And, so yeah, eternally can grateful. Up, for all can that. you bring up Darren May's comment right there? Because I'm not going to get what into. What time are we talking? Do you see a time? Just recent. He he just did okay. it eight sixteen. But I think it's it's worth bringing it up since we're getting towards the end of the show here. Um. Oh the okay so very, very relevant. So Darren, uh, no, I'm not going to tell the story. I'm just going to say. Well, how about this? I will say this. We obviously had a phenomenal spot. Um. You know, for last weekend's game, if you came by, if you saw pictures, you know, we were posted up right outside of Michigan Stadium. We're not even in that spot had things not fallen through uh, with the other location that we were at for that for the time being. Now, whether or not we're back there afterwards, we, we still need to decide that. But there was a higher up from from Sports Illustrated who was at that game, who saw the RV posted up. And, you know, I'm not going to get too far into it, but what I will say is, what we're doing is gaining some attention with the right people. And, and I think Brandon and I are doing it differently. And one of the things I've talked about with Brandon is I don't just want to do guy. I don't want to be guys who are, you know, up in the press box writing stories. And that's all we're doing. Like to me, we have so much more to offer the, the, the Michigan fan community. And uh, yeah, the, the folks at sports illustrated, I think are starting to take notice. Like I can tell you this with, with almost 100% certainty, there is not another tandem or group in the SI market doing what we do that has a full command center that goes from game to game. That just does not happen. That's, That's not part of the job description. So these types of things that we're doing, it's because we believe in what we're doing so much and we believe it can be so much more. And really what that equates to is better content for you guys and, and more opportunities and and that's really what it's about. So I'm glad you brought that up, Darren, because yeah, we did get a little bit of recognition. Rosie did get, uh, she stood out there and, and, and somebody from Meta SI was pretty impressed with what we were doing there. Uh, impressed enough that I will be on a phone call tomorrow morning. We'll put it, we'll just put it, put it that way. And, and yeah. part of this, part of this, we, spin we off. thought we were in trouble at first. Yeah, <laughs> we were sure. Yeah. There was a, there was a thought there. Um, <laughs> part of this, I'm going to put this up real quick. Cause I think it's a good time to talk about it since it's relevant right now. Part of this is going in line with a new uh, a new kind of pilot program that Sports Illustrated is doing. If you go to Google right now and just type in SI tickets, I have it scrolling across the bottom of the page right there. Uh, at Sports Illustrated is getting into the ticket market. They've got like 
reservation type of things that you can make on Michigan like right now. You can go in right now and reserve tickets for Michigan to be in the national championship game. Every week that they win another game, those reservation prices go up. And then it's all explained in there. I'm going to have some more content on it as we move forward. That's what the phone call was about today. That led to the other phone call coming up tomorrow. It's just a pretty cool thing. We're still learning a little bit about it. I don't even feel all the way informed, but if you want to go check that out, it's pretty cool. I actually tweeted this out today. Michigan's... Michigan's national championship ticket reservation price. I know that's a mouthful. So tickets if Michigan makes the national title game went up by 18% since they beat Penn State. So like each week they get another dub and they move to another tier and they do another big deal. That number's going up. Now, I, you know, th those tickets can end up being, I mean, man, dude, $1,000, $1,200, And if you do it the right way, you could get them for fractions of that. So, again, there's tons of information. And it's not just football either. Michigan basketball is on there. I even saw, like, volleyball tickets selling on there today. So, like, they've got a foothold now in all of this ticket market that's going on. And I, I hear people, you know, we're very lucky, man. We don't have to bother with the ticket deal. But I hear people all the time saying, like, these fees online are outrageous. I can't believe how expensive they are. And it sounds like SI is trying to do something about that. So, again, SI tickets, go Google it. Do some reading. Even if you never use it, they will appreciate the traffic as they're trying to get that off the ground. And we will continue to have some information about that moving forward. But that's kind of the, the genesis of the call today and then the call coming tomorrow. And to answer the question from Darren, things are going well. And the SUV of the SUV, the RV really caught the eye of somebody that matters. And so it, it looks like that could end up being a good thing for us. So anyway, there you go, man. Really good question to kind of close this out. We're at a minute. We're at an Listen, hour. And if we're going to, if we're going to close out real quick, I need the TFG music before we get out of here. I need the TFG music to roll. So we typically don't do this on a Wednesday, but the last 24 hours have really hit home for me and and I got to give ITFG of the week outside of James Franklin who may just be an ongoing TFG guy. He might take Scott Frost uh, at least quite frankly. But the TFG at least for this week for me is me. It was me. I am the TFG. And the reason being is that I severely severely underestimated the power of the <laughs> I I severely underestimated the power of the winged helmet community when I put out that post yesterday. Saying, hey guys, we got a little bit of merchandise left over. You know, hit us up. And and again, it's it's not a smooth process because we don't have the online store, and so we had to send out the cash app, the Venmo, the PayPal, all that stuff. Well, what ended up happening is we sold about. 160 new pieces of apparel and took in about $5,000 in seven hours. And it was incredible. And so all I can say is from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for coming through. We are going to be offering more merchandise. We actually had a call with uh, our guy, Rich from Mediascapes today about getting an online store up and running. Um, and for those of you who did get your order in before midnight, I know there was a few of you that I was messaging back and forth with this morning if we've had communications, then absolutely your apparel is going to be delivered before the Michigan State game. If I haven't gotten back to you yet, I, you know we we just ran out of time and we ran out of volume, and there's only so much that we can produce in such a short amount of time. And so, what I wanted to say was again, 
TFG for me for underestimating you guys. And, and, and a kudos to you for, I mean, that, that was incredible. That was incredible. I went from, I called Brandon. I went from like, well, I'm going to post this. And then I posted it. I'm like, all right, cool. We're getting a couple sales. Oh, damn. We're, we're selling out of everything to like, holy shit, we're overselling now merchandise that we don't have. And again, thanks to Rich over at Mediascapes. Uh, they're going to get us taken care of and they're actually working the shirt presses right now, getting the hats printed or the hats embroidered right now. And so we're going to make sure we get you guys taken care of. And then again, long term is to make sure we get the store up so that you guys can go on anytime you want. Anytime we come out with a new design, you just go on, you order it. And it's a real straightforward, simple process. So we're working on that. But I did want to say thank you to the winged helmet community. And also thank you to Rich and, and Emily over at Mediascapes for routinely every time Chantel picks up the phone and she's like, well, we need more. We need X, Y, and Z. They just get shit done over there. And I can't be more appreciative of, uh, of you know, their part and what we're trying to do here. No doubt about it. And I mean, dude, we, we've got some ideas floating around up here, shirt ideas and different things that we think would really pop and, I, I want I want that. I want that store to exist so we can create and we can have things up there and it's not a huge process for us. It's not a huge process for the people buying. We we need that, dude. We definitely, definitely need that. So. See, that's that's another thing. Matt Kirby, do I sell game photos? I would love to sell game photos, but it's just it's not, you know, can I do it? Yes, but I yeah. you know, we are I mean, we have so many irons and so many different fires right now that we're just, we're, we're really just trying to figure out what, you know, what it is we can do and what we can offer. But I promise you, it is in my long-term plan to be able to sell some of those photos and get those things out to you guys. And, and all I can say is that we're not trying to do it the standard way. We want to grow. We want this thing to be bigger. We really want it to be a place where everybody comes and says, we just don't see content like that anywhere else. That's what we want it to be. So Long story short, yeah, man, I'm 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 working on it, and I want it to happen. And just you know, all I can say is hang with us and stay tuned. We came this far. We've come this far. We're certainly not stopping here. I think I'm going to put Chris in touch with Randy Johnson. If you haven't noticed, the big unit is now a professional <laughs> photographer for the NFL, and uh, he's got a website, and it's humming along. So we'll we'll try to That's pull incredible. some strings and. Uh, Yes, sir. Big unit on the horn with, yes, with Chris. <laughs> I don't know that like that like went a little viral the other day on Twitter. Wow, like, man, he was just out there chilling with his camera, just trying to do his thing. Like, just the big unit out there shooting Randy Johnson over there. Did you see his logo, by the way, for his photography thing? It's a dead bird upside down. Oh, like I did a, see that. I did see that. I was, I was just about to say, just blasting birds with fastballs and then mowing down wildlife with his camera. Yeah, man. So there you go. That's an hour and 20, man, on a Wednesday. Thank you, everybody, for the sh for the, the questions, the comments, the fan-led. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy one for us, man. We come in, we show up, we just talk for a little while, a couple of dinks, dude. We're just trying to make it. <laughs> Very right? appreciative of it. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back probably Monday, Monday yeah. unless something crazy pops off and we need to jump on here and do something. But we're going we're gonna to fade into the weekend with this bye week coming up and we will be back. We will be back. We need to have a bit Monday. of a bye week too. We gotta get, I got to get my body right. You know, my back hurts, my legs hurt, my neck hurts. I got I to get my body right. There you go. Monday, 7 o'clock, barring some unforeseen change that absolutely has to bring us to the forefront, to the waves, to the people. We'll yes. You.